Hi, and welcome to the Sparkler Podcast. This is our 14th podcast. Uh, today, we're going to talk about audio dramas. I'm Jill Astley. I'm the finance person for Chromatic. I'm Rebecca Scoble. I'm the audio director and general audio person for Sparkler. I'm Leanne Sensor. I'm the pros and managing editor at Sparkler. So you might know or you might not know that Chromatic does some audio dramas. First, we're going to talk about where audio dramas started from, in mostly in Japan, because that's what we kind of base our audio dramas off of. And then the last half or so, we're going to talk about the uh, Sparkler audio dramas. Leanne and I have probably more experience than a lot of people with <laughs> Japanese audio dramas. Obsessed. Yes. For me, you know, obsessed. I think for both of us, it started out from our love of the comics, the manga, and maybe games. Once you find out that they have audio dramas that they make based off of these same comics, games, etc., and totally new stuff from the series that you love, you kind of seek them out and try to learn Japanese to understand them. <laughs> yeah, obviously, like, the audio drama format is one of the oldest formats of sort of non-print media that exists. Like, those date back to War of the World and then Mm-hmm. Is it War of the World or War, War of the Worlds? Worlds, plural. Worlds. That's kind of the yeah, whole point. So War of the Worlds back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back in, that was, what, the 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we have a rich history of radio drama in, uh, I'm going to say in this case, America and Canada, because Britain is a little bit different. But we they have kind of more of one, of, if anything, yeah. Yes, that's the thing. For some reason, the format has largely kind of disappeared over here, despite the fact that our music industry is humongous. And if anything, a lot of the technology and a lot of the distribution channels for new media were driven by the music industry. You think about like digital distribution of music through iTunes and iPods and MP3 players and how how incredibly huge that was because people needed to have their music around them at all times. For some reason, audio fiction didn't really pick up around the same time, even though you would think that, you know, the medium is there, where sort of the stories. Audiobooks I think they moved kind of... to TV, mostly. Because, I mean, they used to have a lot of westerns and mysteries and soap operas on radio shows when, oh, yeah, no. when my parents were kids. <laughs> and oh, then yeah. they kind of moved to TV. Absolutely. Like, they upgraded to being in a visual medium as well. The thing is, like, I was really surprised to not see any kind of a resurgence of mm. audio dramas here. There Now, I don't want to say there hasn't been any, because there has been online. There have been audio, really interesting audio projects that have gone on. They're a little bit more underground, though. They're definitely not what I would call mainstream. And the closest thing to sort of mainstream audio fiction that I can think of is Welcome to Night Vale, which is really not mainstream. Mm. Podcasts have picked up, like, podcasts are really big everybody wants to hear kind of hey, people chatting about stuff even audiobooks have picked up which yeah. is, yes. is such a tiny step away <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. although they're like way less work than doing an audio drama which might be part yeah. of it well yeah so let's first yeah. say audio like an audiobook is different from an audio drama because an audiobook will just have one narrator and they act out all the characters what they say an audio drama has no narrative no narrator so, usually yeah and and each character has their own voice and sound effects yeah. and stuff. Like some audiobooks, you will find voiced audiobooks. And that, that's the first project that Rebecca did too, which was somebody is reading the narrative of the book, but different characters had different voice actors. There was some music and sound effects in there. Though That's not completely unusual. There are sort of upgraded audiobooks that do that. But an audio drama specifically, you know, it's, it's basically like a movie, except it's just the yeah, audio. It's basically, it's it's the, the, the closest form to it is like a play. So an yeah. audiobook is the audio version of a book. 
an audio drama is the audio version of a play. So mm. like a play, sometimes you have a monologue or sometimes you have whatever, but it's mostly character interactions. It's really set up to be like you're there most of the time. So you don't have someone describing everything. It's just that instead of visuals, you have things like sound effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the gist of it. If you want to understand more, we have some audio dramas on our website. You can just go listen to. And as Rebecca had said, Britain actually has a little bit more of an audio drama mm-hmm. culture there. Uh, I think Hitchhiker's Guide uh, has yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide. Yes, I and, think that started in an audio Who. drama. Well, first it was the book, I think, or maybe actually maybe Douglas Adams wrote the radio plays first. Hmm. It was pretty. It was early. I don't know what came first, but the radio audio version of it mm-hmm. was integral and then i think aren't they doing good omens as a radio drama now like you said doctor who they they have yeah. a little bit more of a it's, it's especially def- a nerd tie-in oh yeah definitely nerd culture tie-in but they've got some <laughs> some sci-fi tie-ins to their mm-hmm. big franchises pretty well-known audio stuff so at the end what was the first audio drama that you heard from japan yeah so as jill had said japan releases them the big kind of manga anime game industry Drama CDs, as they usually call them, are kind of a big part of that. They're either dramatizations of manga or like a bonus CD where it's like the voice actors talking to you. And as anybody who's kind of an otaku knows, voice actors are celebrities over there. They have followings, these actors. So it kind of made sense that they would do audio dramas where the voice, where you're focusing on the voice actor because they're already so huge. <laughs> uh, I feel like maybe for hands off, which was mm-hmm. a, a manga called Sonoteo Dokero in Japanese that nobody read, but I really, really loved. An uncomfortable amount of love for this manga. Oh, like, and when it came over here yeah. in English. Leanne was basically the reason it came over here in English. <laughs> Am I allowed yeah, to say I, that? I yeah. Of, yeah, I kind of bugged the head of Tokyo Pop for like three straight years until he licensed it, and then I did the English script, and he was like, it better sell. <laughs> it's a great little manga, hands off. You can get it on Comixology now, actually. It was out of print for many years. When I was following that in Asuka magazine, they mentioned at some point there was a drama CD, and I was like, I have to find this. Like, my Japanese was really crappy, but I just, I had to hear what voice actors they had, because again, you become kind of a voice actor follower a lot of the time if you're into anime. And I special ordered it from a Japanese bookstore, and it was expensive as hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, CDs, CDs in general in J- Japan are really expensive to buy because they, they don't rent them there. Yeah, so. and also used uh, used media is big business like in Tokyo. Like right. used bookstores are everywhere, and you could get used CDs and stuff. And this was just a dramatization of a couple chapters, but it was mm-hmm. so great. It's like it's like a manga coming to life. And shortly after that, I discovered Boys Love Drama CDs, which are a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, which ones did you listen to first? Uh, I think. I actually had one a long time ago when I was reading The Devil Does Exist, when it was being serialized. That's a great little show comic. Yeah, they had a drama CD, and at the time I was, like, obsessed with it. So I bought it. I I don't think it was a separate story. I think it was just some chapters, but it was kind of early, so you can kind of tell Mm -hmm. it's not. That was 2003 or something. Oh, that's not that early. This this one I had was, like, 98. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. As a format, it got a lot better over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell that sort of the sound effects, they upped their game and the actors were sort of got into a better groove for it and stuff. Because, you know, it's pretty different from having to match lip flaps in an, an animation. One of the things that they usually do for a long running shoujo series, for example, in Japan, if it's like 15 volumes long, they'll have a couple CDs that come out. And sometimes they're like bonus chapters or they're just a little section. You can actually get some monthly magazines in Japan will come with a drama CD, like a mini drama CD that comes mm-hmm. with the magazine. Mm-hmm. As a furoku, 
those are really fun. In that case, I remember once I got a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Lala magazine, which is sort of a sister magazine to Hanayume, which is one of the big shoujo mags. But they had one that was like a little short story of three or five of their different comics on one CD. And one of them was Oran High School Host Club, where I think Tamaki hits his head and he has a dream that they actually are a family. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't, I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the manga, but just really cute stuff like that. And it had all the voice actors uh, or at least most of the voice actors from the anime too. Yeah, I think it's a. It's also sometimes a way for them to try out. I think voice actors, if they're yeah, planning they on maybe, you know, they see if it's really popular. They see if it's popular enough to do an anime, and if so, mm-hmm. then who would be good voice actors for it? Yeah, I always like having a drama CD where the voice actor was different from who they eventually went with for the mm-hmm. anime, mm-hmm. Um, because it's a lot cheaper to do a drama CD than to do a <laughs> an OVA mm-hmm. or, or something animated. It's just I don't know. I I didn't think it would be something I love as much as I do because. <laughs> When it's done right, it's so immersive. And mm-hmm. again, it's cheap. You can, like, it's so much easier for it to be produced. You can get these niche titles that will have drama yeah. scenes that will never be animated. And mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons why I liked the Sonote slash hands off CD so much. Because I was like, there's no way in hell this little eight volume series about psychic boys who touch each other, which obviously was an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, psychic boys touch each other, you say. <laughs> Even though I knew, you know, I had a couple fever dreams about getting it getting animated at some point, but I knew that would never happen. So having this drama CD was a way for it. You know, it was the next step, a different medium. And Mm. it's really effective, especially if you already have manga visuals. I know that they've done a couple different formats in Japan. For example, there's something called the Animix. I don't know if that's a trademark name or if that's just something slapped onto a particular title, but they'll basically do really, really low level animation to go with a drama CD sort of. Mm. So it's like the animation isn't really moving. They'll have like animation style shots, but it's like their mouths move. There's not really movement in it and Mm. it'll just kind of pan over it. I've seen drama CDs that are set, like it'll be a video and it will have, I think one of them might've come with a magazine or something, but it was like, it was an actual video. You put it in your computer and it just shows the panel and somebody's like dramatically acting it out and the words kind of show up in the panel as they're being said. They've, they've done some of that stuff in, in English as well. I think Watchmen had something like that when the movie mm. came out. There was like a moving comic. You know, th- there was a brief period where people doing sort of semi-animated comics mm-hmm. where they would just move the frames around. But as far as I'm concerned, as nice as it ha- is having a visual with it, I'm happy with just the sound. When it's done well, I don't mm-hmm. need anything else other than a good cover, which is going to lead us into situation CDs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And character CDs. Yeah. And Jill, why don't you explain what a character or situation CD is? So we can make sure that we have the same definition. For me, <laughs> a situation CD... So a lot of these CDs are either an ensemble cast talking to each other or they're one character talking to the listener. And a situation CD, in my experience, is one where they're talking to you and each track or whatever is like a different situation. So it's like, I get them a lot with Otome games, so they'll have it and they'll be like, um, waking up in the morning together, cooking dinner together, blah, 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 blah. So that's my understanding of a situation CD. I see more drama CDs now. Again, the definition is a little weird, but mm-hmm. uh, in my situ- in my case, I would say that a situation <laughs> CD could be multiple tracks all in the same giant scenario. Mm. So it's it's like they sell you a CD and it's like this is a situation with this person and it's like each track is like a right it's like continuing from the track before it so it's sort of a long yeah. situation these kind of branched out from a couple different things first being sort of character CDs or occasionally they were called talk CDs or whatever which mm. is where they're selling you a CD where it is a character speaking directly to you. These were sometimes tie-ins to Otome games. And again, Boy Media does this a lot too. In fact, probably even more. Their uh, CDs marketed to men. 
in Japan, but we're not going to talk about that stuff because we never talk about that stuff. We're talking shoujo here. <laughs> oh, do they have? You know, I'm so cut off from that stuff. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. always like, like if oh, Otsume's like, stuff has done something new. Like, and I'm like, no, they did that five years ago in hentai. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes, boy porn (laughs) pushes a lot of this uh, technology forward. (laughs) We're going to get into porn in a second. But uh, (laughs) so a very famous franchise called Starry Sky was what we would call sort of character CDs. It was similar to a situation CD where they're marketing these kind of boys. All the types were based off the Zodiac signs that they were. And he's talking directly to the audience. So you put on your headphones and he's like, hey, you know, we're at school and we're doing this stuff and come have lunch with me and blah, 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 whatever. So they were sort of situation CDs, but it was more about the character and they would have different scenarios like Jill had said, sometimes there'd be like summer season or whatever, but they were kind of marketing to you, the boy. And there wasn't much story. I mean, they were things that were happening, but it wasn't much story. Right. There's no like big situation. conflict or anything. Right. I mean, they did end up doing ultimate games based off of where they were sort of concurrent really with the starry sky was this huge multimedia franchise mm. and eventually did become an anime and there's manga and blah, blah, blah. But they were a little bit fragmented. They were sort of intended to be, look at this cute boy. He's going to, with this famous voice actor, is going to talk in your ear. Now I'm seeing more situation CDs where, not necessarily a franchise but there'll be a series of mm-hmm. there's one gimmick where it's like yeah well, for example oh, i was a karishi igai i think which was the other man mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a, a cd about you having an affair with somebody at work you're like cheating on your this is for women so it was like you're having you're sleeping with this guy and you're cheating on you have a guy somewhere else and they were all different stories and they were different people, but the situation was more or less the same, that this there's an affair of some sort. Mm-hmm. That was like but that team. wasn't an 18 plus one. That was like... Not at first. <laughs> Not at first. <laughs> no. It was more talking around about the relationship. Though. Yes, you would have sort of, there'd be pillow talk, you kind of talk the next morning, there'd be... They were... That Lots series was really depressing. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and thanks, then, by the way, for lending me that one. And I was listening to it in my car after, after I... <laughs> I was driving home from Ottawa after I'd had a car accident or something. I'm like, well, it's taking my mind off of that anyways because I'm so angsty. It's great. Oh, God, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It helped at all. That one kind of like was difficult to listen to because the whole point was, you know, this is it's not so a good situation. Sad. that you're in. Yeah. And then logically, this all turned into pornography. So not every situation CD or drama CD is dirty, but now there is a big market for them. And one of the places that started for women, at least for boys, loves CDs. So as you guys are familiar with boys love, it's dudes getting it with dudes. Most of them are sexual, not every single one. And there are different degrees of how sexual they are. But they started bringing those to life. They were really good candidates for, for drama CDs because most boys love stories are told in one volume. Even the ones that aren't, every volume tends to have a story arc. They're not that many huge sprawling plots that would take 18 CDs to get through. If it had 18 CDs, like Ginger Romantica or something, each CD is kind of like on its own. It stands alone. So somebody could buy CD 1, 8, and 12 because that had the characters that they liked in it or whatever. And then they started acting out the love scenes, of which there are quite a few. And the older CDs, you can definitely hear that they weren't sure how to do it yet. They weren't super convincing. (laughs) As time went along and franchises were getting kind of filthier and filthier, that's when they really kind of perfected it as a pornography art form. (laughs) And they're very convincing. They are shocking the first time you hear them. You can find them on YouTube now sometimes. There are little Mm. illegal clips that are put up and every once in a while I link to somebody and I'm like, please do not listen to this at work or without headphones. (laughs) And because the usual response is you click it off immediately. Like, what? What was that? What was that? You know, that was the guy who played Tamahome screaming. Like, that's also how I found CDs. The voice actor for Tamahome, who's cutting 
Midori Kao, who I really like, had done a boys love CD from a, a manga I'd read. And I'm like, this is really dirty. What is he doing this? What doesn't he do in that? And I was like, oh my God, I think I just unlocked something. And then I unlocked a thousand CDs with him in it. Although then... you do have to usually know the alias because they'll often use not their real name. Yeah. A lot of them use pen names for it. Um, they are very embarrassing. I see why. There's actually a manga about that in English. Uh, rather, a manga. It was translated into English called Shout Out Loud which was about a guy who was a voice actor who was down on his luck and ended up doing boys love CDs and was <laughs> died from all of his family. But they're, uh, they are a good outlet for this sort of female erotica. And then naturally, so these situation CDs where the boys were talking to you, those got dirty as well. So now it's, yeah, <laughs> you know, some of them are like, hey, you go on this date with this guy and it, you know, you bone in track four or some of them every track is boning it depends what the situation it's the rule of media everything just heads toward porn okay now this is where the technology got interesting so there's something mm-hmm. called the dummy head mic which uh, rebecca explain what a dummy head mic is Okay, so this was invented so that people could get this incredibly good quality recording of things like orchestras that sound like you're really there. It's basically a set of really high quality microphones that are put in, it looks like a mannequin head, basically. So they're the same distance apart as someone's ears actually are. And the point is, if you've listened to this on head on headphones, you get really, really realistic surround sound. And these are really, you know, expensive, high-quality pieces of equipment that cost you, like, eight grand or whatever. And obviously, unsurprisingly, <laughs> they got put to use in the <laughs> Japanese audio porn industry. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so something that would be a mannequin head with little microphones in the ears or whatever now their voice actors sticking their tongues in them <laughs> you, don't, you don't stick your tongue in a microphone that's a really bad idea i don't know what they do but that's what it sounds like making right. see noises into the fake ear yeah that's a nice way of putting it yeah i will say that the sensation of a dummy head mic where they blow into it feels exactly like someone is blowing into your ear if you have a headphone it is strange like the first time it happened to me i think i jumped because there's something about just the way the vibration works through that medium, through your headphones, whatever. It is scary and awesome. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, not to get too off topic, but our voice actors, some of them like to troll me by making creepy <laughs> sounds into the microphone while I'm listening to the headphones. You know, like, this yeah, is, you hear things, when you're wearing good quality headphones, you hear things close up and they can be kind of uh, that's true. intense. So, yeah, now Jay, there fucker. is a... Sorry. <laughs> Jay, uh, Jay Rogers, you're an asshole. Yeah, they were tricks played on you during various recordings. So... Right now, there's a pretty developed industry, and this is relatively new as well. 18-plus situations he's using a dummy head mic, which I would consider some of one of the the highest form of immersive audio porn that exists right now in sort of this Japanese audio market. I'm going to say that's like a year or two old. I didn't see them before, and I know because I'm a pervert and looked for them. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, the dummy head mic is newer. Even 18-plus, like, it took them a long time, at least for um, Otome, you know, like, straight female gaze CDs to get into it. Yeah, well, they cost me a grand. It probably took a while to afford them. Yeah, no, but but I mean, even, like, like, even before they had dummy head mics, Mm -hmm. there weren't that many. Just in general, like, erotica, it's almost entirely boys love, the erotic audio. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of Jose or Shoujo that's dirty. There there are a couple of Mao Shinjo titles that got turned to drama CDs. And some of those got a little bit risque. But yeah, it, it took a, a long time for them to either feel comfortable or realize that, yes, there is a market for this. Like, 
<laughs> women might be kind of embarrassed about buying it, but not too embarrassed to buy it. Mm. You know? Well, you know, what's also become interesting. It's not just that, you know, so for a long time in order to, and I don't want to say a long time because it's a complicated past, but if you wanted to get porn in the female gaze, G-A-Z-E, a lot of the time it would just be boys love. That was where the majority of sort of erotica was being made. There was Jose Erotica and Shoujo Smut. They were very depressing. I mean, not to say the boys love couldn't also be super depressing. Then Otome games and stuff. Just getting an 18 plus Otome game that was about a woman and a man was unusual. You mm-hmm. Usually just horny ones were boys love. As they sort of move towards this, now the situation CDs have taken, it was very rare to hear this is a man talking to you, you are a woman, and it's dirty. Mm -hmm. That was kind of what I was looking for, but very, very few people had done that, and most of them weren't that dirty. But these are basically like immersive Jose smut. And all of a sudden, I'm getting these CDs where these are grown men talking to you like you're a grown woman, which is totally different from the dynamic of shoujo. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm seeing far fewer super dominating alpha males. A lot of these CDs are like, this is your long-term boyfriend. Or mm-hmm. like, this is that guy that the temp agency put you here and he's your new boss and you happen to like live near each other as you take the, the subway home together and something hits up. I mean, they were way more realistic. In general, they were like way more sex positive in better spirits. They were like nicer CDs. Mm-hmm. I really like these situation CDs. And then, I don't know what chicken of the egg here, but maybe because the situation CDs were becoming a big thing, the 18 plus one, now there's a series out, at least one series, where it's a situation CD where you are having sexy times with a boy, but you are supposed to also be a boy. So as the listener, he's talking about like your penis, but it's marketed to women. So it's like an immersive boys love CD. And you know, because when you're playing a boys love game, for example. Oh, because like, most of the boys love stuff was like two characters playing it off was each like other. Two characters. Yeah, and you make them and you, the, the guy usually three, had a name and you're just sort of like pushing enter to watch the two of them bone on the screen or whatever. Right. But this one, it's like you are a guy going to a male prostitute. Hmm. So it's like, and that was like really interesting to me where I'm like, the first time I heard it, I'm like, did he just reference my penis? What's going on? Because like, <laughs> uh, it was clearly marketed to women and that has become more interesting, right? Because now you're talking about sort of there's gender queer stuff. This is like immersive for more than just women who want to imagine they're with men and in the same way that boys love had been used for so many years by not just like straight women who want to watch guys get it on, but like a lot of queer women had used it and queer guys had used it and stuff because a lot of people are, are enjoying it for different reasons. Now I'm starting to see these 18 plus dummy head Mike CDs go in all these directions that were really interesting. Even if just from like, like I said, them treating you like an adult in it. They're really great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say this other than like this is kind of the Jose smut that I couldn't even really find in Jose that much because there was <laughs> how often is Jose positive and happy? Yeah, it's yeah. usually about I mean, like settling. Even Jose smut is like a lot of it's, it's either sh- very sh- one shot or it's depressing. Yeah, I would say that the majority of the eighteen plus situation CDs in the market right now are a lot more positive. They are with either long term boyfriends or somebody you really like. Even the sort of edgier ones are like again having an affair with someone but you're kind of trying to work it out like you know they're they're not just these extreme dynamics that you'll see in a lot of shoujo and jose where it's like in shoujo the men are really dominating and the girls are slaves to their own passion and in jose the women eventually succumb to the patriarchy because they realize they can't have it all i mean obviously that's (laughs) that's really diminishing all of shoujo and jose but you see a lot of the trends in there as opposed to the situation cds right now which where i'm seeing a new kind of storytelling and attitude that came with the medium which is Mm. just really interesting to me so we're going to talk now about what sparkler is doing with audio because (laughs) we've been following this very closely in japan and again i don't want to say that we're like experts on the history of 
audio dramas in Japan. Because this is all exclusively female gaze, G-A-Z-E stuff of like the last 10, 15 years. But because of the way stuff has moved in Japan has influenced the way that we do stuff through Sparkler. Because, you know, Sparkler is based off sort of Japanese models. So, Rebecca, why don't you talk to everybody about what so far Sparkler Audio has done? Our first project was the Tokyo Demons audiobook, which was kind of a step between an audiobook and an audio drama because it was fully voiced. It used a lot of sound effects, it used a lot of music. We cast it. If anyone, any of you have read Tokyo Demons or, you know, listened to the audio, you know that there's like a massive cast, there's all these different people. So we cast it among our friends because basically anyone we could sucker into coming over, getting pizza, and voice acting for a while. So yeah, af- after Tokyo Demons, that was kind of when we, close to the last chapters of Tokyo Demons, was around when we started Sparkler because obviously we were doing the, the, the Tokyo Demons audiobook was conceived pretty early on in Tokyo Demons existing at all and Leanne likes to be all like Becca Becca do this thing do this thing I know you were a really bad music major so you can use these computer programs and you can do this stuff and uh, you know I'll buy you a keyboard if, if you make this an audiobook boy that was a deal for me <laughs> my time is valueless we all know this um, <laughs> but so yeah you it know, got folded into Sparkler it was yeah, it got, it maybe got, like what six months or a year short of being finished when you you brought it in so it basically ran in the first year of sparkler the first year of sparkler yeah. is a blur now but Tokyo Demons was kind of our test project in a lot of ways and so testing out doing audio was one of the things we were doing and it seemed to go well we liked doing it it was a, an amount of work that was a lot but still manageable and so we thought we'll we'll do a full audio drama for sparkler we'll have an actual full audio department which is sort of my little domain <laughs> And so that was when we decided to do Awake, which is the the sort of six people on a spaceship with... 40,000 cryogenically frozen people in a dead body story. <laughs> that yeah. is actually... And it was, it was audio original, too. Yeah. That Togedemon's audio was based off something that had a sort of like a written version, but Awake was the first thing that only existed in audio form. We did a transcript to go with it because, you know, if you're hearing impaired, we didn't want you to not be able to experience the story at all. Yeah. And I know people were following that really carefully. There were some people who actually were not listening to the audio. They were just reading the transcripts. No, I, I, have they... to, I have to disagree with that, obviously, uh, because <laughs> <laughs> the audio was obviously like a huge part of that. And, you know, that was the first one that we really sort of cast outside of the net of our friends and going to actual actors in the Toronto community. We found some really, really great people. You know, Real Braid, who played Hina. She's, like, incredible. Uh, yeah. Jesse Hodson, who played Robbie, he, like, stole the fucking show and can cry yeah. on command. We we suckered poor, poor Alex O'Shea, who will, will come up a lot today, because he's actually a close friend of ours and our, our closest actor friend. So you're He's gonna, our most popular actor. He's our, also our most popular actor, because, you know, the man has really good chops, and he's worked with us for a really long time. He played Joe in Tokyo Demons, and then when Awake came up, he's like, yeah, sure, you know, I like working with you guys, I'll audition. And he was immediately, like, the best asshole of them all, and had to play Travis. He's been typecast. He's been typecast as assholes. (laughs) Every time time we need an asshole, we're like, Alex, we need you. (laughs) And he's like, come on, guys. He tried to audition for Robbie, and he was like, perfect diction, and I'm like, dude, you can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you're Travis. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I was kind of disappointed. It's like, you you can't do it. Well, Uh, I know that one thing that people were worried about, and this is a criticism that I'd heard of people who, you know, either didn't listen to Awake or didn't listen to Awake for a very long time, like it took them a long time to push play, is we don't have a lot of context for audio dramas in English. 
And I think they were expecting it to sound more like a cartoon or the way that English voice acting in, for example, translated anime and it had a tendency to be like really heavy and everybody's talking like this. A lot of people have scars from... <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I mean, hell, I have watched and cringed through my share of bad dubs and, and I understand there is kind of this weird visceral reaction. I think it, it might even be a little tied to the, what Lan was talking about earlier with, you know, when you're listening to people making sex noises in audio, how it's this kind of weird visceral thing and how I think that sort of transfers into any kind of audio that it, it can take a little adjusting to get to it you have to get used to people's voices if you don't like someone's voice it can kind of kill it for you but uh, yeah. I did really work with all the actors I don't I don't want to sound like pretentious and obnoxious but like when I direct I'm very very up close and personal and make people do a million takes and have a really clear idea of how I want them to sound while still trying to be open to, like, happy accidents of people coming, you know, because, like, obviously we got some really talented people there that sometimes come to it with better ideas than I had, you know what I mean? And just really trying to go for this, like, natural conversational tone. Yeah. I've listened to, you know, I feel dumb saying this, but I don't listen to that many audio dramas, you know? I, I listened to a big chunk of Welcome to Night Vale, and I feel awful admitting this because I really wanted to like it, but I wasn't really that into it. It was all technical stuff. It was all like Cecil's voice and the speed at which he spoke and sort of the way that he was presented because I love quotes from Night Vale. I think the fandom is cool. I, I think that those guys behind it are really interesting people who I want to support, but I'm just not into it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I kind of made the decision that I didn't want people to overact. I didn't want people to do that kind of voice actor over pronouncing things and I would prefer someone mm -hmm. to miss a line and not understand something the first time around than to let it get slow I guess and, and I think I yeah, took it too far that... in Tokyo Demons at some points there are times when when Alex speaks so fast I, I, I wish I'd slowed him down a little bit but you know I was sort of learning but I think that's yeah that's sort of part of my yeah. philosophy on that was just to keep it keep things moving for the sake of keeping it interesting and for the sake of keeping it it feeling realistic i guess right like it they there were some complaints about the speed that our audio dramas and, and the audiobook too was a lot faster than the average audiobook and also you know the diction was the you know an exception of alex o'shea where that was kind of his thing he had perfect diction we didn't want people over pronouncing words or doing sort of these over-the-top drawn-out performances we wanted it to sound like casual conversational as rebecca said and we were marketing them toward podcast listeners basically people who are used to just being, hearing people chat and what we heard in Japan as well that audio dramas there they didn't sound like plays like they didn't sound like you go to a, a stage play and everybody's kind of overacting because they're far away people mumble people kind of grunt things there's a lot of non-word vocalizations oh, that they do the which is like the best part Those are the oh best. my god well, how so much of it is just kind of erotica aside, a lot of it is just kind of grunting and breathing heavily and how much of when you communicate with a person in real life is sounds like, I mean, because we all know about body language, you all know about looks that people can send you. But I, I think a lot of people don't think about how noises are so integral to how we communicate with each other. <laughs> and so, it would say like, in the script things like dissatisfied grunt. And then I get to that and the actor's yeah. like, so what are you looking for here? What do we need? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. It's like size and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I do think that well, my, my next project after Awake was finished, which is still ongoing, is Cat Lover's Circumstances, which was a little bit more on the cartoony side because of this type of story it is and the type of main character yeah. that it has. You know, I still try to keep things sort of conversational, but Misaki, the main girl, is just like wacky out there a little bit. Hopefully in a in a way that is uh, deering and not annoying. And, and when we were casting that, we were very careful to find someone who wasn't going to be annoying and who had a little bit of grit to her voice because I love I love that sort of grittiness. I don't like the really clear actorly voices. I like voices that can have a little bit of a rasp to them or a little bit of a, a little texture to them or whatever. And I think Tara, oh, who God. Tara Burke, who plays uh, Misaki, does a really good job with that and just kind of sometimes speaking like 9,000 words a minute and trailing off and muttering and, and sounding weird and hopefully being someone who's kind of easy to listen to while having a lot of energy. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we wanted it to be immersive. And Rebecca was very careful to not pick people who sounded like they would easily get on people's nerves or, you know, she was trying to do things that that sounded natural. Another big component was trying to get actors who sound very different from each other, who intone things differently. So it's it's not just necessarily we wanted good actors, obviously, so that they all sound differently because different humans should sound different <laughs> and they were written to sound different, but also just kind of. The enunciation of some people, the the way they draw, if they have a rasp to their voice, if they they happen to be in a really high register or a really low register or somewhere in between, because it's you don't have the same visual, it's really important to be able to hear the difference between two voices pretty obviously from like moment one. So uh, that was especially in the case of Awake, you probably noticed that like the characters all sound very different from each other for the most part. Um, because it's all six people and you're kind of dropped in the middle of them and the audience has to know who that person is speaking immediately. There's no visual cue, like in a movie where, of course, they look differently, so it doesn't matter if they have similar timbre of voices. And and, and Awake is the purest audio drama we have. Cat Lovers does actually have some inner monologue. Cat Lovers is a little bit closer to a book or a play that has sort of monologues and things like that. Yeah, it has a little narrative, yeah. Yeah, this is another thing I obsess about, which is camera, uh, which is weird in audio because there is no camera, but the camera in Cat Lovers is inside Misaki's head, so you can sort of hear the things she's thinking sometimes, and it always follows her. And I had to talk to the writer about this lamp a little bit, because sometimes there'd be these scenes where it would leave her briefly, and I'm like, no, 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 camera is in Misaki's head, we have to stay with her at all times, you know, we'll figure out some way to get that scene across. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just point of view, basically, Mm -hmm. but there's an added component in audio where, quote-unquote, where the camera is, is also where Rebecca does where sounds are coming from, like, if this person Mm -hmm. is to the right of Misaki, this is going to be in the right, you know, the right headphone, or if someone's to the left, they're going to be in the left headphone. To Lamp's credit, like, Awake was kind of a combined effort. We had Tori Walcott, who's a great writer, came in, and we did it sort of in a group with her. Lamp was the first creator that were like, all right, you really have to write this drama kind of on your own. <laughs> and Cat Lover Circumstances had originally been pitched to us. I think it's prose. Yeah, it was a and, novel originally. And right. thought, hey, you know, this has a small cast. It's kind of, uh, it's got a lot of energy to it. We think this might actually work really well as an audio. And Lamp was like, I've never done a audio. script for an audio. <laughs> And we're just like, we'll see how it goes. And so, but you know. kept changing it. And like yeah. when you would come up and say, oh, there's this issue, uh, Lamp came back and kind of picked up on it immediately. And as mm. a result, I think Cat Lovers uses the audio format really interestingly in a different way that Awake did. And yeah. it's a comedy, which is nice, too. And it, oh, yeah. it works very well as an audio comedy, too. <laughs> yeah. a lot well, of it is sort of screaming. <laughs> you know, a- a- after Awake, I was like, what's the absolute 
other end of the spectrum. It's geek self-referential comedy with a girl who's a crazy cat lady. That was pretty far <laughs> from, from Awake. And we've done clips of it in earlier podcasts. I mean, all this stuff, you guys, if you haven't listened to it and you're curious, it's all on sparklemonthly.com. You can pretty much stream the entire thing for free with a couple of bonus chapters or whatever are kind of only available either with the complete yeah. set or whatever. If you buy the complete set of Awake, you get the epilogue and you get, like, a bunch of uh, commentary and and uh, outtakes and stuff like that. But you can yeah. listen to the whole story proper for free. Yeah, because we really... And that was something that in the early days when we had a paywall, we had debated that. But the audio was always out of the paywall, at least the streaming. And that was partially because we're like, who's going to take... Take our word on it that these are great, because, like, who the hell listens to audio dramas regularly? <laughs> like, people were so unfamiliar with the format that we really just wanted to kind of go out there with it. Um, and we are moving into situation CDs, which we actually <laughs> did. We've already done one. Turkey Demons had a, a spinoff situation CD that was, it was a Kickstarter stretch goal from a Kickstarter yeah. like four years ago. So this is 100, okay, this is 50% Land's fault and 50% the fans' fault, and I blame all of you for this. <laughs> because was, uh, there was a poll yeah. of which character everyone wanted to go on in a virtual date with, and they chose Miki, the foul-mouthed, <laughs> tiny, angry gang leader who's, like, violent and horrible and mean. In a so series, we recorded like, a date CD. <laughs> in a series full of, like, sweet, adorable Sachi and and dumb, lovable Jock Kyoshi and thinks he's cool but is a marshmallow on the inside Joe. You guys, you guys, why? <laughs> <laughs> and so poor Jenny Finn is recorded this in a room full of like eight giggling girls yeah she had an audience <laughs> yeah we had an audience we were i was one of the giggling girls yeah jill was there <laughs> oh we were so obnoxious and bought she... her a pack of cigarettes because she had to like grumble around oh, cigarettes yeah, yeah. We, we bought we bought the cheapest cigarettes that you could buy so that she could use them as a prop and then i could use them for like the sound effect of shaking a cigarette out of the box and, and shit like that and you know she sat there and recorded this whole thing and 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 at the end he totally makes out with you yeah and <laughs> she had to record that too. and then when leanne is talking about our audio department she's all like here let me send you an example and sent people that the most <laughs> nonsensical, weird... I think the response was, why is this girl swearing at me so much? I don't understand this. <laughs> to people who I respect, who we might want to work with in the future. Thank you, Leanne. We also... This was obviously fan-voted, but Miki was in a unique situation where he is a male character who's voiced by a woman, and during the Situation CD, he never says what gender the listener is. And it's something that we... We'll talk about another situation, CD, that we're doing in a minute. But we wanted this to be immersive for anybody with any kind of gender identity or sexuality. Miki, doing a Miki date CD where he does not say who you are, because he's also voiced by a woman, was kind of the most possible audience you could get if people are attracted to, like, men or women or both or whoever. <laughs> you, even if it's not your gender identity, any identity you want to project yourself onto. You know, be, you know uh, what's sometimes there. not attractive? When someone swears at you and tells you how stupid well, you okay. are. <laughs> if you want this, okay, for anybody of any identity who wants to be sworn at constantly during this day, he gets arrested during the day, too. He gets to bail him out of jail. So, oh, like, romantic. that's your bag. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. we did that as an experiment. I shouldn't talk badly about Rebecca the Mickey Daisy. 
I incredible. I think the Mickey the Egg CD is one of the greatest things we've ever done. But I mean, I understand why it's not for everybody. It was just, it was just such a production from start to finish. And yeah. I didn't, I didn't know what good sounded like. I was like, Lynn, you gotta tell me what's even happening here because this is the thing. I don't speak Japanese. So Leanne is always being all like, Vecca, you gotta hear this audio drama, you gotta hear this, and she'll put it on for me, and I'll be like, okay, so I don't understand any of what's going on, <laughs> you keep trying to tell me the plot, but you can't seem to get it out, you're not a translator, you only sort of understand this anyway, uh, and then they start making sex noises and it's really awkward, <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, why don't we put something else on? And then we do. So Man, yeah, first Lillian was on this podcast. When I went to go visit her in LA, she would when we went in the car, we were in a long drive. She's like, Oh, let's listen to Boys Love Drama CDs. I'm I like, don't yeah. understand Jeff. Like, I'm sorry that three quarters of the Sparkler staff <laughs> understands Japanese, but I am the one who does not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I get nothing out of this. It's like, okay, he's That's sad. Right. Good sound effects. <sighs> yeah, like I, I wanted you more to hear the, the cues, the sound effects, the the way music is fading in and out. Yeah. I did get overexcited because I want everybody to experience how amazing these CDs are, but doesn't the language barrier is difficult. So yeah. that's why some of us learned more Japanese and that's also why Sparkler did them in English. We wanted to bring this joy to more people. So after we did the Miki Date C D and Rebecca wanted to distance herself professionally from it as much as possible. No, I feel bad. I shouldn't I shouldn't speak badly of things that I have done because sometimes people enjoy them. I I guess. She's like you're just you're just a lip service. You want to erase this from history. <laughs> we did discuss potentially doing a different one. Something that was A, maybe a little bit cleaner, not just because Miki had a foul mouth, because that love scene at the end was you know, fairly graphic. The way that they do that, by the way, is usually they just make out with their hand into the microphone so it sounds like there's skin there or whatever. Sometimes you can add sound effects of something creaking or... <laughs> Actually, shuffling fabric is a really big sound effect both in drama CDs in Japan and in anime. Mm -hmm. Heard it a lot. Especially as a to sexy times. You'd be surprised at how effective it is when you hear a scene with rustling fabric versus not. Oh, yeah. Um, because and to make those sounds, you just rustle your own clothes. And yeah. Yeah, you just sit in front of the mic and go like... Mm. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that, but that's basically it. <laughs> it didn't come out quite as well as... No, well, I, yeah. But, but it, it's really good for making you feel uh, touching or closeness. So we discussed maybe using all this stuff and doing something accessible. <laughs> uh... So part of the... Sparkler Kickstarter, the Sparkler Year 3 Kickstarter about six months ago, one of the goals, I don't think it was even a stretch goal, I think it was just part of mm -hmm. um, Sparkler Year 3 is we decided to do a, like, 13 plus, so not too dirty, situation CD where you're in college and you're having weird sexual tension with your standoffish lab partner, who's played by Alex O'Shea. Oh yeah. No, a Alex O'Shea, if you enjoy his work as Joe and Travis, you will probably enjoy this. His, he's your attractive yet difficult lab partner. Um, <laughs> that's kind of his thing. It's the equivalent of a very short romance novel, almost, that the whole thing is 20 to 30 minutes long. He's speaking directly to you, the audience, and it's romantic. But yeah, it's I, I, know, I know Alex has some fans, so we hope you enjoy this. He does. And that is actually coming out in February. So around maybe the day this podcast comes out, it will be out. If not, it'll be out within a week or two of that. We're very excited to sort of share it. We got Joanna the Mad, who is a big Tumblr artist who I'm a huge fan of, went to her and said, will you design me a hot bitchy boy <laughs> to be on the, the CD cover to represent 
Alex O'Shea, and I, I, I think I might have even sent her clips of him. Like, I'm like, this is his voice. <laughs> what is coming to mind? And she drew us this perfect bitchy guy in a lab coat. It is definitely one of the, the format is strange, obviously, because it's like an audio date first person. But as far as like what the story is about and how risque it gets this is one of the most mainstream things sparkler has done probably like it's very much this would be something that a normal publisher and not sparkler monthly might try <laughs> yeah bring it all in you know we're, we're we're really really curious to see if people like the format you know and if this yeah. is something people are interested in seeing more of we've i have this great roster of actors now so you know if you like a particular i know that a couple of the other actors also have little fan bases who <laughs> if yeah. people are sort of interested in hearing something from them but japan as much as I make jokes about Japan and how I don't understand any of it, because I, I don't, but I really like that they've made this such a big thing, and they have so many different versions of it, and you can have a drama, and you can have these, like, weird little side projects where, you know, you, you get your sleeping boyfriend tucking you in and giving you a goodnight kiss or whatever, and then some kind of elaborate sex scene, but... <laughs> You don't have to the extreme ends of the Japanese industry to appreciate how creative the Japanese industry is and how they've sort of mastered this format and used it in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And it's something we wanted to try and replicate a little bit. We, I think that as far as like situation CDs or character CDs go, I do think they work a little bit better when they are tie-ins with something that if you have a particularly popular character or a webcomic or whatever, you can go on an audio date with that person or especially since it can reveal more backstory and character stuff. That's kind of partially how we use the Miki date CD. He's sort of explaining a little bit about his terrible past to uh, you on a date with him and this is stuff that didn't really come up in the main body of the book but at the same time it's we wanted to try something really accessible before we went into anything <laughs> quite as nerdy as that it's quite as fan to me as that. oh yeah he, he, um, he, he keeps getting texts like from mitsuko yeah. who's basically the girl he's in love with that too so if you want to talk about attractive yeah, date, date situations it's a real winner <laughs> it is the greatest thing we've ever done don't listen to rebecca <laughs> Anyway, so, I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to put a clip of this new situation CD. So the one with your lab partner is obviously called Bad Chemistry. <laughs> and uh, you'll be able to, I think, stream it for free. I think maybe a download comes with the issue or something. But we're going to put a little clip at the end of this so you can kind of sample it and see if it's too weird for you or if you're like me and you're like, where was this my entire life? I will never watch a movie again. <laughs> I'm just, I'm all audio. Nothing but audio. Visuals just get in the way, baby. Oh, gosh. I like all the really weird, over-the-top <laughs> ones. Those are my favorite. Uh, so I kind of collect them. But at the same time, like, there have been a lot of simple mm. ones that are just done really, really well. Like, yeah. you know, the actor is good. Well, usually the actor and the writing is good. Uh, how are their ambient sounds? Do they have a good sense of place? How are the sound effects? I'm really picky about this stuff because <laughs> I want it to be super immersive. And some of them are just a very simple idea done very, very well. And you just forget you forget everything mm -hmm. for an hour while you're listening to this person sort of court you or take you somewhere or whatever. And it is really fun. It's kind of the a lot of the reason why people play Otome games or visual novels to begin with sometimes is they mm -hmm. want to feel like they're interacting with a story. And this one obviously doesn't have as many options like in terms of you know, you're not usually choosing the ending, although there have been a couple CDs that had sort of AU endings. They have like called it like one track was good end, one track was bad yeah. end. And that's really taking from Otome games. But it is kind of like it's media that's really trying to <laughs> take you out of your own life and put you in the middle of a story. And it's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, it's like for half an hour or an hour, you're picked up, you get to have this experience and then it's done. And it's easy, you know, you just have to put in headphones. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is not just situation CDs, but all drama CDs. I used to l- listen to them in bed. Like mm-hmm. when I'd go to bed at night, um, some people listen to music or listen and watch TV or whatever. I would just put a new CD in. They're really good for commutes. Like anywhere that people listen to podcasts are usually good for audio dramas or, or situation CDs as well, that they kind of give you something immersive to take you away from whatever you're dealing with, your long, horrible drive to work or mm-hmm. people annoying you. On the subway, you just put on these headphones and they're like, oh, I'm so glad you came to the amusement park with me. Come here, let's go this way. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, take me away from here. <laughs> See, I'm sure they're marketed to, like, 12-year-old girls, but, like, I totally dig it. <laughs> Take me away. Okay, I'm hoping that the, the ones you're listening to are not for 12-year-old girls, Leanne. Yeah, no. I think a lot of them are adult. And also, like, even the the way it's not a game, because in Japan, is yeah, they have a lot more uh, female-targeted stuff for both girls and women. People who are interested in love stories with guys and everything. But even there, there are a lot fewer adult women that play games compared to yeah. kids. So a lot of these drama studios are trying to get some of that market and saying, you know, you have to commute to your job every day. You can listen to this. That's a really good point, actually. I hadn't thought of that. That, like, adults don't have time for video games, but they have time for a CD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, maybe that's why they treat me like an adult in half these damn CDs. And I'm like, what is this nice change? <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, well, do you want to go out? I mean, I know you have to get dressed. You don't want to get dressed, you know? Yeah. You see that you're tired, but come on, wear a nice dress. Let's go out. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they actually recognize, like, nice, like oh, you have shit to do. So I'm not going to just, like, drag you away without asking you. Council room. Yeah, like, <laughs> like so much of the other stuff that Show we get you. in. Not to say I don't love shoujo, but this was definitely um, an upgrade in terms of the way I was treated as an audience member. Mm-hmm. Like, it had the kind of indulgences that you would see in shoujo, but the mentality of it's an indulgence for a dumb woman. But uh, I, I do want to say that uh, I did write a beginner's how-to make your own audio drama that's on the site as a, was that is it a member bonus it's one of it's our one of our yeah. member one so, of our sparkler schools i wrote that like a, i don't know a year or two ago at this point but more people yeah, should so do if it sparkler, if you're a sparkler member and you go to the shop they have something that's called member exclusives it costs a lot if you buy it a la carte um, i think it's like 30 dollars or something but it was basically all the member bonuses that we've had for like two years combined into one file if you download that, there's a series called Sparkler School. It was a bunch of the editors were kind of doing how-tos about a lot of stuff. And Rebecca did Beginner's Guide to Audio Drama. That was a really step-by-step informative thing about if you wanted to make your own audio drama at home, that the technology is not expensive. It's it's time-consuming, but it is something you can kind of do from your home computer that if you have a couple friends who will voice act for you, the resources are very easy. Uh, it's sort of the time and the, the care that you want to put into it. So I recommend anybody who's interested in audio dramas, check that out. And again, if you're a member, it's free. It's just under the member exclusives. I would love for there to be more audio dramas out there in English that I can enjoy and listen to. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly like, and, you know, I don't want to be overly critical of a, a group of people I don't know that much about, but I feel like the English language audio dramas, they tend to have a lot of callbacks to the sort of American tradition of, like you were saying, War of the Worlds and the old thrillers and stuff like that. And those are fun, but they're not really my bag, I guess. And so if we can get more people who are coming from sort of the shoujo side or even just coming in a a totally different direction, I think it's just going to make the genre richer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're you're right that a lot of people who do audio dramas sort of in America, Canada, a lot of them are 
calling back to the golden age of radio. So and that, that stuff, it's like, that's great, but yeah. But I that's... mean, like, like when people were pitching, I sort of specifically said, I don't really want to do golden age of radio. It's been covered. But I mean, there's so many other things that we could do, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. like, like, like I feel like be... this is, that's part of why, you know, when I did awake and cat lovers, I was like, well, let's do like the serious dramatic adult drama. And then let's do the wacky self-referential comedy because I wanted to kind of hit far ends of the spectrum as much as I could just to sort of show everyone what the medium could do. And you can do really interesting things with it because it is halfway between a book and a play and you can mm-hmm. kind of decide for your project whether or not you want to be outside people's heads or inside people's heads and it works well either way. Movies get kind of called on having voiceover all the time because it is kind of clunky. It doesn't work that well because they're such a visual medium. But in audio drama, and I think, you know, if you listen to the beginning of Awake and you listen to the beginning of Cat Lovers, I think it's pretty clear that they both work. And it gives you a different feel to the type of story, but it doesn't, like, pull you out of it the way that a voiceover in a movie can do. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> we love different mediums for fiction, and it's just this was one that was not being utilized nearly enough, and we hope that you guys enjoy it. And I agree, I hope more people go out and do their own, because it is so fun, and, and I love yeah. listening to them. And I have a more. really long commute now, and I need more things to listen to, so have at it you know <laughs> and i i'm easy to find on twitter if people want to ch- talk about it and ask questions so that's the other thing mm-hmm. yeah so and also if any of you understand japanese or even are just happy to listen to people in another language grown you can always hit up jill or me on twitter and uh, we'll give you some recommendations of yeah uh, clearly they have a lot to cities. say about this topic oh god i have so much to say occasionally somebody on twitter will ask me they're like what's you know what's a cd about like can you recommend one that's gonna, it's like, you know, their feed is just me for the next two yes, hours. Yes, like the goddamn like, then you can try this one and then it moves in. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> guys, save me from having to listen to all of this because I'm the one who usually <laughs> listens to this. Uh, ask Leanne about audio dramas and she will tell you all about them. And then probably rehash it to me later, but you know, still. <laughs> well, I guess we can probably okay, no. wrap it up. On that note, yeah. uh, you should totally listen yeah. to our audio dramas. You'll hear in a few minutes a clip of Bad Chemistry, which we hope you enjoy. And yeah. let, hey, let us know if the format is something that interests you guys, because we can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, you know? a lot of these actors expressed interest in coming back. So if there's a particular actor that you like, we're always kind of casting the net wide and, and looking for more people who could do something in the future. Uh, we're a little bit restricted by geography now, but we might not always be. And I know that there are little communities around English language voice actors online that have made this kind of... Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge is the one that I'm thinking of off the top of my head, where somebody went and re-recorded a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! And then sort of built a cult around himself as a... Uh, rather, he didn't build a cult, but he became a very <laughs> cult hit. He had a lot of people who really liked how an amazing voice actor he was, and there were a lot of people who went off and did more Bridge series or more comedy series, sort of dubbing over stuff uh, 50% off, which is a parody of free I really like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually one of the team four star mm-hmm. is a group that does a bunch of a bridge series and one of them is in cat lovers actually mm-hmm. uh what's what what's his like antfish avatar antfish yeah. yeah so he's the one guy in uh cat lover circumstances we were like oh great you're from sort of all these bridge series that we watch online and are great because it's, yeah. you know those are really talented voice actors they're used to kind of doing these homegrown sort of manga and anime inspired stuff which is very different yeah well i mean the other one is uh uh elisa who goes by oh i can't pronounce it adrox something on twitter she played jade in the homestuck audio thing that they were doing adoxographist 
It's actually at Adocs Talk, so at A D O X T A L K S. She was in uh, Caliber Circumstances. Oh, she has an amazing. She voice. did a game as well. Yeah, she's very good. She's also hilarious. Oh, she's so funny. Like in real life. Yeah. yeah. But no, like we have we have some really really great talent, and it's always been like a combination of really established actors and newcomers. We've got voice actors, you know, we've got stage actors. We've worked with uh, <laughs> the woman who played Rosa in Awake is actually, like, really big in the Toronto stage scene. She's kind of an amazing person. <laughs> if you, like, sort of go into her mm-hmm. background, you can sometimes see her on stage. It's pretty great. It's, it's been a really a really cool experience getting to sort of meet all these cool people and, and, uh, and work with them. I hope you guys like them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Take a listen. We're always on Twitter. The audio dramas are all on our website, and they're on Bandcamp as well. Mm-hmm. It's all available through sparklemonthly.com, so go crazy. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you again soon. Bye! All right, quiet down. We have to start this lab fast if you want to get out on time. Okay, for your chemistry lab today, you'll be doing your first distillation. Open your books to page 56. Follow the directions carefully, because you'll be using an open flame and glassware, and I don't want any accidents. Remember what you learned in the lab safety module. Everyone will have a new partner today, so go find the lab bench with your name on it. There's already equipment at each station, and you can get started right away. Here it is. Oh, you're my partner? Uh, nice to meet you, I guess. I'm Derek. Are you any good in lab? This looks weirdly complicated. Yeah, I know distillation is just a fancy way of boiling something, but I don't know why it needs this many parts. What's this weird glass tube for? (sighs) Yeah, I know the book will explain it. I was getting to that. Hmm. Okay, this shouldn't be too hard. Hand me that rubber thing. And the other rubber thing. And the other rubber thing. Look, I'm handling it. If you want to help, screw those clamps onto the wooden pole. And hand me the last rubber things. Okay, and this goes in here. And the thermometer goes in here. Water in, water out. There. Looks like the book, right? Oh. Well, we have a few extra rubber pieces. I can just use this. Hey, I said I got it. (sighs) Whatever. Yeah, I think that's right. Probably. Let me light the flame. I like that part. Okay. That should be it. No, it's supposed to be like that. This stuff will boil, then turns back into liquid here, then drips out here. We're not supposed to let it escape. Why not? We have rubber things on all the other connections, and that part looks closed in the book. No, I'm sure I'm right. It doesn't make sense to leave it loose if we're trying to trap the stuff there. Fine. Call the professor, but I'm right. Well, if you're wrong, you have to do the whole lab report and just let me copy it. How about that, huh? We'll bet the report on this. Good. Hmm, I'm coming. All right, let me see. 
got the stoppers in, water in, water out. Whoa, not this. Huh? This is the one part you don't seal. You need the system open somewhere to relieve the pressure. But it's closed in the book. I just made the closure better with an extra rubber... whatever. Uh, the picture isn't great, and that's why you're supposed to read. Didn't you read the warning on the next page? In the safety section. No one reads the safety section. Derek, we went through an entire module about how the safety section is the most important part. Anyway, take out the rubber stopper here, or your apparatus could explode. Who's next? Please call me before you light the flame. I don't want anyone blowing up my lab. Ugh! Ow! Damn it, it's already hot. Well, I obviously didn't read that part. Thanks for reminding me. I'll do this stupid lab report. Just stop looking at me like that, okay? Damn.